Good evening and welcome to TC and Jake. Welcome indeed. I am TC. He is Jake. This is the podcasting arm of the well-known, respected organization, Top Youth Soccer Recruits for Trump. So we just kind of cover issues related to that and beyond. I hope that guy gets a... uh, 20 years in jail sentence? Open invitation. Well, he didn't touch any kids. Uh, Well, he did get a 20 years in jail sentence. But I guess I just, I wish that they would let him go to rallies. Like, un- under prison custody? He is in he, prison. Yeah, yeah, but I wish, you know, I, it's kind of like, uh, haven't they done things before where, like, or is this just in movies where they'll let you, like, go to a graduation or a funeral or something? Funeral, yeah. Like, if you're a high profile, and who's more high profile than uh, head coach and really general manager of top youth soccer recruits for Trump? <laughs> I don't know that a... The, the like the fa- the uh, funeral of your uh, your mother is the same thing as a, a Trump rally, dude. This one on Saturday? Are you kidding me? Even that one. Saturday, by the way. Uh huh. Because you know someone told them that Friday would be bad. I I don't know that I actually believe that. I just know they moved it. They they um, said he he sent out a tweet that was like I moved it because people said it would be bad. Okay. I don't I want to disrespect saw, Juneteenth. I he didn't say him. the words Juneteenth, I don't think, but, you know, he made it clear enough. In, in, in the only way that he can? Yeah. Which is, like, not actually saying, I didn't know what Juneteenth was until yesterday? That was not my favorite tweet of his. Uh, he had a tweet. Oh, God, let me find this. You, you, talk, you were about to say something. You say that thing, and then I'll tell you my favorite tweet of Trump from the week. Well, I just know that they're talking now about moving it out of the place where it's going to be. It's inside because people are like, hey, um, you know, this seems like it could be bad, you know, uh, as evidenced by the fact that you're having people sign waivers related to COVID-19. And they're like, uh, yeah, we're going to move it, but not because you told us to. We're going to move it uh, because a million people have signed up for tickets. Two million. And uh, I don't know how much that's related Three to a million. Apparently, something that is happening on TikTok, which is just uh, apparently some vein of TikTok has been flooded with this idea that hey, go sign up on the website so that they'll possibly randomly issue a ticket, and then of course you never want to go. <laughs> well, those people are just playing themselves because uh, it's a time. It's a hell yeah, of a I mean, time. Right. I mean, there's going to be 20,000 people. In the ma- and I'll tell you what, if I were one of those TikTok people um, that did that and I was in the area, I'd probably defy uh, Supreme Leader TikTok's orders and do what you did and just be like, I'm going to take some drugs and go to this rally. Yeah. yeah no, I'd, one, of, one of the best moments in my year last year. <laughs> um, yeah. So my favorite tweet from Donald Trump. So on, uh, on June 14th, two days ago, he said, all caps, the silent majority is stronger than ever. Three exclamation points. That is not my favorite Trump tweet. My favorite Trump tweet is when he came back the next day, quote tweeted it, and just said, so true about yeah. himself. 
Yeah, that's a special type of person, right? Like, he, if we want to get into into quote agrees. tweeting yourself, well, quote tweeting yourself, like you know, maybe if you want to add something or uh, highlight right. something that someone may have missed, you know, I, I can see some applications, but just it's it's not like he dug up something from the archives that's still re- relevant today. <laughs> he had tweeted it the day before. And instead of just retweeting it in case, you know, you want to amplify the message. Certainly, I understand that. Certainly. Uh, But but to quote tweet it and just say, so true. And this means nothing because, uh, you know, whatever. Um, He's got a lot of followers, so so it's going to happen. But uh, 168,000 likes on so true. Yeah, it's like if he would have retweeted it with like a poll, right? Like Rasmussen says that, um, you know, actually. Yeah, that's a good quote tweet. Right, but just high-fiving yourself. And like the next tweet is him retweeting him just saying law and order. So he knows how to just retweet himself, not above that. But in this particular instance, wanted to emphasize the accuracy of the statement the silent majority is stronger than ever. A wholly inaccurate statement, given his polling numbers. But you know, whatever. You're. Uh, but it's also so true. You're losing at the game if you dive too deep into uh, into that one. I I would just like to stay on the surface level of uh, laughing at him saying so true about himself. Yeah, I uh I don't typically enjoy any meme format for more than maybe thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, they just, uh, they're McDonald's fries. No, nah, I like them. I also like McDonald's fries. But not for very long. I know. Right? I know what you were saying, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I disagree. Uh, meme only gets really good once you've uh, pounded into the ground so hard that it comes out the other side. Uh, which typically is done by, appears to me to be like sorority girls. Like, a lot of times when I see a meme format that I saw two days ago and I'm like, God damn, I feel like I saw this when I was 12 and I'm tired of it. It's usually a woman drinking a seltzer with glasses and a big hat on who appears to be 23. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, you're, you're, my, you're basically the internet equivalent of my aunt. Keep your shit over on, the, on Instagram. Just like she needs to keep hers on Facebook and leave this to us, the true degenerates. But I at least giggled uh, the first couple times I saw like uh, – Law and order, and then someone would quote tweet it with Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. See, you didn't even laugh at that one. Well, yeah, and, I mean, and, you know, and, I didn't really like it. <laughs> but you didn't like it because the meme format fucking went limp like the fry uh, right after they put it in the box. Well, see, I think what you're saying is that the repetition of it is is what makes it not funny, and I would say that just like on its face, the first time I heard it, it wasn't that funny. What about, uh, what was that, uh, well, you know what, never mind, it's, it's the internet, it's too hard to explain. Uh, my Trump thing for you this week, because um, later I have something that's kind of serious, it's not Trump related. Okay. Little girl dad talk. Oh. Um, it's weird, right? Like, if you remember that night um, at Club Dada, very dark time, probably a little darker for you than me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whatever. Well, you just, I just at least that night, and look, you were not the only one. Mike Soroy got up and left. And I was like, we're hanging out, man. Like, let's just, <laughs> this has already happened. We might as well just hang out. Um, 
But in, in the days after that, and even like that night, if I would have asked you, and maybe there's just too many, this, this is not as clear of an answer um, as, I, as I do, as I remember it retrospectively, if I would have asked you like, what is going to happen because of this? What is going to be like the grave danger to Americans if you think about everything that the president does and has their hands in? What were you worried about happening most? Or like, give me your top two. Um, I, you know, uh, certainly nothing that's happened. But like, I, I guess I probably would have been pretty focused on health care. Like, I believe that he w- would have repealed Obamacare and a lot of people would, would have been hurt by that. I don't know that See, I have for- a second. I think that's well, the one for I was me, pretty focused I guess, on. I, I guess I just kind of had already decided that even Obamacare, despite saving a lot of lives, kind of blows relative to. Yeah, what no, I, wish I mean I hate it, but like, uh, like you're talking about tens of thousands of people who, like, you know, just like their lives would effectively end. The way that I thought tens of thousands of people's lives were effectively going to end was a guy who is clearly uh, insecure and overly concerned about displaying his um, fragile masculinity. And I definitely thought that we would have wiped somebody the fuck out by now. You know, and and it's not going to take him at his word on everything he says, but you know, um, the fact that he's like been hardcore isolationist in his rhetoric the entire time. But that's like the only thing he's stuck to. Nah, I mean, you know, Mexico's paying for it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we don't even, we kind of have a wall, but I just, I, I was very worried that his hair trigger and his need to impress um, people's dicks Make was him. going to result in him getting a whole lot of people in this country and other countries killed overseas. And whether it was, you know, God forbid, a, a nuclear weapon or just some sort of large scale ground invasion because somebody said something that he didn't like. And it just strikes me as being that that was my main thing of like, we just elected the most unstable person we ever have. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of the people who voted for him honestly kind of embraced that. So I don't know that most of them would even disagree. But like his demise is coming from right inside the house <laughs> like it didn't even take him getting dragged or, or lured into a foreign engagement that can often be you know the undoing of a president like he just straight up got fucking the call coming from inside the house it, it, it's amazing to me and I guess honestly it's weird to think about that? like I think that the thing that's hurt him most is coronavirus I don't know that it's not like the lab in Wuhan was one that he founded that's a joke. No, I don't I don't know if it came from a lab in Wuhan. No, obviously the the virus came from elsewhere as they often do, but I think that there's a clear way that it could have been handled like several different ways where it would not have impacted his popularity nearly as badly as it did. Nearly as badly. Like and I, and I would even say that most presidents before him, those that I disagree with or not, would not have had their heads so in the sand uh, in the way that he ha- like, there's things that can happen from the outside that end up here that I still are, think are problems that are not foreign. Like y- you had a chance to deal with this in a way, whether it was disbanding the pan- pandemic response team the year before, or a number of different things that 
the way that the virus developed domestically, he did in his administration did have a hand in the way that it tracked a huge hand. I would yeah, say I mean, he it, fucked it up real it was bad. In critical moments. He fucked it up real bad. No doubt. Like, you know, I, I, I have been meaning to bring up on the podcast, something you mentioned on the air today, the, the whole business with uh, Paul Romer about, you know, if you did 30 million tests a day, then we could just have regular life. And like, yeah, that's hard, but it's going to save you more money than not doing it is going to do. And, uh, you know, we've, we, we've had the whole period of a several month lockdown, to uh to try and create a situation like that and no one even really tried every time that like a federal testing regimen thing came up he was just like not my problem states uh you say yeah i mean you know there's there's a million things he's done to fuck up like uh you know there's uh, uh people have been talking about this plenty but we have something like four percent of the world's population and 25 percent of the world's coronavirus deaths so you know no doubt but um i don't know that i'm I would consider any of this unforeseen. Like, like the specifics are obviously unforeseen, but no one would think that you could foresee the specifics. I would just say that I, I thought that he was not smart enough to do the job and that he was going to manage difficult situations poorly. And, you know, uh, not, not, nothing about this is surprising, right? Yeah, no. I don't want to say that it's necessarily surprising the nature of it. Uh, I guess I would just say the type of it because he obviously displayed a temper publicly i'm not saying privately i'm sure a lot of these dudes fly off the handle privately but publicly a a temper and a temperament that i none of us had ever seen before front facing publicly facing from a presidential candidate before and that made me think huh this guy could just get an idea and eliminate like tens of thousands of people yeah uh and, and drag us into a prolonged conflict i was very worried that he was going to have a hawkish like approach especially since um, you know, conventionally throughout the 20th century, it was thought that, well, that's good for the economy. And if his baseline understanding of good is good for the economy, then he would put two and two together and say, yeah, I don't really give a fuck how many of our people or their people die. I can't find Iran on a map, but I'd sure love a war there. And I was very worried about that. And so I guess you could quibble about whether or not coronavirus is domestic. I certainly am not going OA in here and saying it was created in North Carolina either, but the handling in critical moments did happen domestically. And then I think in the history books, it will be inextricable from the way that he has handled uh, the social unrest around police brutality and police training. And those are not things that, I mean, obviously they were always burbling beneath the surface, but I did not foresee um, his undoing happening in the streets. You know, I really thought people were if he got uh if he got voted out, that it would be because some foreign entanglement had gone very poorly for long enough, and because I, I thought it would happen like March of 2017, <laughs> that at this point it would have caught up with him, and like he's not even going to get a chance. It doesn't seem right now. I'm still kind of fifty fifty. He's not even going to get a chance to do his big war. I don't know that there's any uh, good ones on the table. Like whenever the whole uh, business, whenever he was, you know, doing his best to tiptoe right up to the line with uh, Iran, saw plenty of takes about how you know it's surrounded by mountains and uh, you know marshlands on all sides. He got one of those globes with uh, topographic like ridges on it. 
Yeah, basically. He's like, oh, shit, it's bumpy over here. And, uh, you know, North Korea has the obvious problem of uh, you could attack them, but then, like, South Korea won't exist in, like, five minutes. Like, you know. That's not the main reason. It's because he's friends with their leader. uh, No. Um, But, like, Iraq, you know, like, obviously that was not successful. But, like, their leadership structure was toppled within a matter of months, right? I was locked up, but I, that, was, that was months, right, before Saddam was on the run. Boy, I might say, you're talking about the, second, the one in 2003? Yeah. That was within days. Yeah, so sure. I, I just don't know that there's, like, people we could potentially go after. I mean, you know, maybe there's some kind of list. I, I don't know what sort of... Uh, you know, poor leaders in Africa that we disagree with are or something like that. But I just... Not, not I, sexy enough. I don't know that uh, that there's a lot of options on the table. So he's saying, show me my opponent. <laughs> no one is, no one has entered. I don't know. Shit, dude, I thought during the caravan he might take a run of fucking Latin America. Yeah, I mean... I, you know, I, that would obviously be counterproductive, but uh, on the other hand, that, that has not uh, usually ruled things out for him, <laughs> the, f- the fact it's counterproductive. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it's just not something I was ever especially focused on just because it's not doesn't occupy a big part of my imagination in general. I, uh, I, I'd, I'd wish we didn't get into wars. I don't like thinking about us getting into wars. The whole thing is, uh, you know. It doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't make my brain start spinning. Doesn't capture my imagination because you know I don't know. I just don't want the whole thing. Well, I'll just end it this way. If he gets voted out in November, I would say he'll be the first president, at least since Reagan, whose presidency within the first two or three lines, what you talk about has nothing to do with another country, unless you loop corona into that but that's not going to be the way people what is clinton's uh well i mean i guess it depends on what you think of like the balkans and what like i was wondering if you were classifying monica Lewinsky as another country no 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 i i i more mean like that to me is not policy related you know it's it was obviously a big part of it but you know reagan fucked up most of the world and I guess he was just continuing on with things that had been done before, whether, you know, covert operations in Central and Latin America and then is the, the, the Cold War. You can go into, obviously, the first Iraq war. Uh, I guess maybe you could kind of say Bill Clinton didn't have a ton of foreign entanglement, like big, big, big ones. But there was plenty of stuff all over the world, you know, he bombing ty- uh, Tylenol factories and shit. And then... Bush into Obama, like dude, fuck Tylenol. <laughs> yeah, the people making it are just—they're just down in the basement trying to think of something to make the fries taste better. They're not—they uh, didn't—they're they're not getting paid for making the chicken nuggets. We have no choice but to declare war on Tylenol. <laughs> I can't think of the last time I took a Tylenol. <laughs> what does that mean? I just like don't, a painkiller in general, or you're, you're you're particular about which ones? No, I I don't even really know the difference between all of them. I just no, never, I don't either. I don't. Megan will be like, uh, you know, can I have an Aleve, and I'll I'll bring her a uh, in an aspirin, and she'll be like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, I don't know. 
You just take them when you get headaches. Headaches go away. I, <laughs> what do you want from me here? You were, you and I are on the same level on this. I knew, like, I, they told me to take some ibuprofen when my back was fucked up, but I did that for, like, two days and was like, eh, this doesn't really seem to make any difference, so let's just roll with this heating pad. In fact, I think most of it's just horse shit. What about that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, th- I think painkillers are good. The I mean, real you know, ones, not, yeah. Not, not, no, I, I, I've generally found that whenever I take something for a headache, it helps with the headache. In fact, I would say that generally I, and like, I think that a lot of the, a lot of them are like pretty bad. Like, like that if you take more than the recommended dose and we take them on a regular basis, you can have some pretty serious consequences. And so you definitely don't want to get in the habit of like, you know, popping six of them a day or something it, like you're not going to have a good time and it's going to like fuck up your liver or whatever. But I found that, uh, and I would say that my back has like really for the last nine months probably has been better than ever. And I just want to take this time out to congratulate it, thank it for the wonderful service that it's doing. But whenever I've had tougher times with it, I feel like I underrated the use of Tylenol and ibuprofen or, or whatever uh, as as a a possible solution. Here's a. Here's one that's going to end up haunting me. Uh-oh. I would say since high school football or maybe some stupid rec sports-related fall, I don't think I've had a headache that wasn't related to hangovers or trauma in my life. Wow. Okay. Because, like, I've seen friends deal with those before, and I, I've seen Kristen headaches? deal with them before. Yeah, like, just... Debilit- not maybe debilitating, but even on the lighter end of the spectrum, just like, man, my head is, is really hurting. I don't think I've ever had that. Like, I mean, ever. I've never had like a migraine, but I've had like, you know, this, this is annoying. I, someone, I don't believe that I've ever like done the research to back this up, but someone when I was in high school told me that 90% of headaches are dehydration related. So I do usually drink a bunch of water whenever I've got them and also takes some Tylenol and it works. I don't know. I don't know. This is, that makes sense because, again, I mean, you certainly get them from hangovers and that's dehydration. So that yeah. was square. I just don't – if you've never seen somebody deal with like a really serious migraine, it's it looks like they're in uh, uh, The Exorcist. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm well aware it's uh, it's difficult. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's like notable that you don't get migraines. I think that uh, – I don't know. At best, it's got to be like 50-50 as far as people – getting migraines i don't think most people get migraines it's a large noticeable portion of the population but it's not everyone you're saying it's over adversary over advertised during uh like chiefs ravens on sunday (laughs) i mean you know uh they advertise cialis a lot and i guess i don't want to ask whether or not your dick works i just figure your dick works well it works now but i can't imagine it has too much longer left in it yeah that's the truth it's like a, it's like a, uh, an ace pitcher, you know. I mean, when only it goes, so many seasons. Yeah. When it goes, it, you're not going to see. Fan graphs might see it coming, but just the the normal fan won't. <laughs> won't. And then it'll just all of a sudden be like, wasn't he good last year? He used to be a huge fan of his dick, but now look <laughs> at it. And then some nerd will be like, oh, the peripherals were were, were not good last season. <laughs> he was relying on a on on a very low dick babip. Pretty pretty short squirts for a while now. <laughs> Not the sort of distance we're used to. Um 
Can I uh can I can I bring up a topic briefly here, Jake? Absolutely. It's so topic I don't, day. Topic I don't Tuesday. Want, I think this is kind of fitting in with the uh, the Trump talk we're having a little bit. Um I really don't want to uh be adversarial here like i think that this is like I, I would like to have an honest discussion not like uh me being like how could you do this you're a dummy so uh i want to be clear about that but um i was listening to this show i think it was yesterday when uh the boogaloo movement came up and uh you reported that you would you talked to a boogalooer who uh was trying to uh uh, just calm your fears because to him it was just about Second Amendment rights, and I don't know, man. I cert, I like, I, I, I believe him. Can I start there? I believe that it is certainly possible for him to be like, what I want to do is continue to be able to use guns recreationally, and in my read of these people is that's what they want too, so I'm going to hang out with them, or not even hang out with them, you know, like uh, click like on a couple of their posts. That's probably the extent of it. And so, like, I think that's that's totally, like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not challenging that part of it. Um, but... I don't know, and, and this your your uh, your timing is really being hurt here, and I don't want to like uh, be. I'm not trying to like. Whatever you said that it had not been revealed by law enforcement sources that the man who shot two cops in California was a member of the Boogaloo movement, but you know I, I think that that does like it, it is it is uh, worthwhile evidence I believe in that, that should be entered in of like I don't know man. That guy that that says it's just about like uh, protecting my guns, um, I think that if there's people who are also in the movement whose beliefs are sufficiently far enough away from his that like they're uh, going around like indiscriminately killing to try and like start shit, like then I don't know that that person's view is valuable. I I don't I don't think it's like valuable enough to cite to the public. Is that what do you think about all that? Uh, well, I don't think I read it as gospel. I said a P1 told us this. Definitely. <clears throat> which is a huge part of what we're doing there. And then also, um, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a tough line here, but I would, um, I would like to make this like a DC Marvel thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are separate universes. Which? Uh, where uh, on the air and here, Sure. Where, uh, you know, there are things that you are told regarding how to talk about politics. Now, at some places, they're told straight up, don't mention any of this. Let's just talk about who's going to fill in when LVE gets hurt. And then the other places where yeah, you were told... Yeah, but I doubt the cat's how, like in... The, sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't mean to catch up. No, sorry. just like, just not specific, but just sort of a, let's, here's how we're going to go about this. And nothing like that has come down recently, but... Um, I just said, here's what, uh, uh, you know, here's what this P1 said about this. He listens to us every day. And uh, that was about, that's about as far as I know about it. Yeah, I just think that that P1 has like a non-representative, ex- and whatever, I'm, I'm not in the Boogaloo movement. I don't know what they talk about in their, their message boards, but like... Uh, that, that it just seems like he's making a real attempt to whitewash that, and I don't think anyone should help him. 
Like, I, I think that, that he's like really, and I like maybe out of an earnest desire, like that's not what he sees reflected around him, but like, there's enough other shit going on. Like there was a guy, uh, who was, uh, I, I, like I was, I was reading about this just because it came up from the, uh, you know, what the, like I, I saw the story about the, uh, the officers being, being shot by the gentleman and then, uh, was, you know, seeing other reporting about it. And there was a gentleman, I, I don't, didn't hear about this at the time, but I think it was like back in March or April. Uh, that was shot by FBI serving a warrant. They were serving the warrant because he had been plotting with an undercover FBI agent to uh, plant a bomb in a Kansas City hospital at the height of the coronavirus. Uh, you know, like whenever people were still were like first going to hospitals in mass, like with the general thing of this, this will really fuck shit up, create chaos and like do that. And, you know, I mean that, and that was back in like March. So, you know, I, I don't know. I just like, I guess it's just a question of how do you define a group, you know? And I, I, I do think that like it's most extreme members and I, you know, it's all this sort of thing where you always want to be able to apply it both ways, you know, of like if a, a socialist bombed a school, would I then be like, well, you know, socialists are school bombers. I'm, I'm supporting school bombers. If I continue to support this movement, so I got to get out that's probably not what I would do. You know, I'd probably explain how he wasn't really one of us, you know? Uh, so I can see why that would go on the other way. And I want to try and come up with some standard that, that applies equally, but I it's, it's, it's going to be challenging. But uh, I mean, like, you know, what about a guy who like mailed bombs? Uh, you, you were talking about the Unabomber? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He he did not really fail to, or he he failed to make like a, 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 a you know unified clear movement that we could ascribe to. I think it's all just understood that if we like, whatever. I you know I don't know. I'm I just it seems like these people are re- like really fucking bad and like you know I, I don't, even. And again, let me say real quick, I did not know, and I guess this was, came out this morning that this dude's, that these killings were, I had no idea about that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, is that this, it was announced that this murder from last month, this morning that he was tied to that. I only saw it today, so I, I th- yeah. that sound, I, I believe that's correct. Yeah. I, I can't go back in time and tell you how I would have felt, uh, if I would have even read the email, but if I knew this information, I certainly would have uh, dovetailed it or maybe even led with, but I don't know if we can believe what, that this is the lion's share of people in this group whenever this dude has been charged with these murders. I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. No, and I I, I, I fully respect that and don't want to present things as any differently. Um, but just like, I don't know. They, they just like... People are showing up with long guns to whatever to yeah, it's it's hard because I it definitely feels to me like a lot of my dislike for the whole thing is based around you know our, our very like instinctual animal thing of like are they in my group or are they not in my group and I identify them as not in my group and I'm like all right well now I'm looking for things about them that are bad. And if they were in my group, then I'd be looking for things about them that are good. And so, you know, I, I don't want to go off the off the handle here of like, I, it's not like it's hard to find the things about them that are bad. Um, you know, I, I don't want to like uh, say that it's, it's difficult for me to tell um, whether or not some of these people suck. But I don't know. It's just like, I, I guess I don't have answers. 
But I had enough questions about the whole thing that that's why I wanted to talk about it because I think that this entire dynamic is interesting of like, you know, having these groups pop up um, and then how do you form an opinion on them and how do you talk about them? And I don't know. I, even even before the, the cop thing had come out, um, whatever I heard of yesterday, it, it I, you know, I wasn't like punching my radio, but I, I, I felt a little uncomfortable, which is why I like noted it, you know, and I was just kind of like, I don't know. I just like everything you're saying is true. You know what I mean? Like I'm not quibbling with your facts at all. You definitely did talk to that guy. That definitely is what you said. And whenever you presented it, you presented it with a grain of salt, but it's just like, I don't know. Like the, the, that guy kind of seems like he's just trying to, talk himself into it not being what it actually is so hard that I, I don't know that like participating in his fantasy in any way um, like uh, is, is, is a good use of a platform. I, I don't know. I, no, I hope I'm fair. not saying that too inflammatory. I just, uh, I guess the way I look at it and I may be trying to convince myself of this fantasy as well, that if you are going to go on sports talk radio um, in a world, a lot of people are listening and talk them through um, institutional racism and, you know, some of these more specific things. And I even think back to like, I don't even know, like a couple years ago mentioning some of these topics in the meeting to Bob and Dan and maybe bringing up things like Philadelphia or Tulsa on the air and it kind of going nowhere that if I'm going to do that, then when something like the Boogaloo Boys shows up in a story about a steroid dealer who was at Shelley Luther rallies, which, by the way, is just absolutely perfect in every way. Um, I forgot that's how it came up. That is great. Yeah, <laughs> de- I mean, de- I, definitely got to bring up that part of it. <laughs> it's you know, I, I, it writes itself, right? Yeah, like that. Of course, it's the guy at your gym who's there for three and a half, four hours, not really working out, but talking, hitting on girls, doing steroids, getting a few sets in, putting on a fucking bunch of bullets and a long Hey, brother, run. you really want to get big? I got some help. Yeah, I mean, that's it's just all too perfect. Um, and then the, 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 the lady that was named as his co-conspirator looks exactly like you would think a chick who you would meet through working out and would be a co-conspirator in a steroid ring looks. And I'm Starla. sure... <laughs> I'm sure before long, her and Shelly will have dinner. Um, I guess my... my and this is probably too much in my own head about it, but I guess I think if I'm going to do, if I'm going to do that first thing, that when something like this comes up, reading an email like that and not really purporting it to be my own knowledge, but just saying, here's what a listener said, in some ways makes it more likely that people will listen to me on the other thing. And I don't even know if that's true, and I'm not trying to say that like I'll omit stories so that I can like breadcrumb it, but... There is some level of like uh, feeling like I need to sort of say, hey, well, you know, this guy who listens to us says that that this that he's a part of this and that to him this isn't what it is and that that somewhat softens uh, just beating you over the head with everything related to everything you think is bad because I've been doing quite a bit of telling you a lot of the things that you think are bad. <laughs> and I didn't like say, hey, uh, this news story says that this is what these that this is what these people are. Well, I actually know for sure that they're not, and that this news story is bullshit. It's an assault. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a way to sort of try to present it, and I feel 
more confident that people won't just completely turn you off, which again is a way different deal than doing what we're doing right now. Yeah, I mean the the difference to me feels like uh, just like a, an accuracy thing, you know, of like like if like that 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 if if it were something that was like you know one of those things that was like uh, well you know it's uh, it's this is bad for my side to acknowledge, but I can't deny the truth of it. That'd be one thing, but I don't know. It just feels like Gustav selling you a bunch of lies here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's. When I like I said, when I did the story, to my knowledge, they hadn't murdered anybody. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I just wanted to make a joke about Gustav. I'm sorry. Had a bunch of uh, annoying and childish type, I don't know, meme campaigns that spilled over into real life from a bunch of dudes who put on tactical gear, and I can assure you, look, most of them look like by the way that they handle their uh, their firearms have absolutely no tactical training. Mm. Um, they're playing fantasy. And like I said, that's just spilled over from online to in person. And usually when that happens, someone does get hurt whenever that fantasy involves anything related to violence. You know, we've seen this. That's, um, their whole rhetoric around that is is the stuff that bothers me. Like, like whenever you hear about their stated, and you know, there's... Like it's it's one of those things where you know like I, I think that there's plenty of people that whenever they hear about socialism they assume like you know that means like the forced reorganization of the economy where like someone's going to show up at your house with a gun telling you you got to go uh, farm corn in Iowa because that's what the state needs and so you know if if I thought that's what uh, socialists were were really all about then like I I would hate them too you know. Um, but, uh, so, so I don't know if I'm just like having an uncharitable interpretation here, but I don't think so. Uh, you know, enough so that I'm, that I'm willing to talk about, you know, this on this, uh, podcast with this giant audience that whatever they talk about, like the things that, or whatever I hear other people characterize the things that this movement wants, it sounds like a fucking powder keg. Like they want chaos for chaos's sake, you know? I mean, that, that's probably, uh, they, they would probably have a little bit different uh, way of framing that, I would assume, but like, you know, that, they, that whenever you've got the uh, anti-lockdown protest going on, that they jump into that because like, hey, here's a chance to agitate and uh, convince, to delay bear how, how hollow the state is so that the people will turn on it and we can uh, live in anarchy. And then uh, if people, a totally different set of people with a totally different ideological bent hop in on this, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter protest uh, business. And th then again, they're like, oh, here's, here's our big chance to, uh, to go to all these and uh, show them how hollow the state is. So they'll turn on it and we can live in anarchy. Um, and like it just, if, if whenever anything is going on, do you have a group of people that look at it as like, okay, we can, we can accelerate and cause some chaos here. It's like, let's, let's, you know, pile up some deaths on, on the back of this one. Um, I don't know, man, it, it, it's not good to have a bunch of people in your, uh, in, you know, neighbors around you that, uh, that, that, that want to, um, you know, cause death and destruction whenever possible. Well, I think the problem is that their uh, animating principle is one that is it, it's it's um, it's incompatible with being able to be anything more than theory without it becoming reckless, just like libertarianism, <laughs> which yeah. is you know kind of their yeah. typically their stated political bent. So if your first thing is just saying, 
um, we want to keep our guns because we believe that the state is against us. Um, in theory, you know, that's, that, that I'm sh- in theory, that's why the second amendment is there, right? Uh, is that in theory, and maybe that was a lot more likely 250 years ago that, you know, you very well likely might need this thing because, you know, you just got through the experience of overthrowing a government. But in 2020, that is a, um, a, a belief that I don't think inherently makes you a bad person. But in practice, there's really not a lot of practical usage for it that could that would not end up being, um, you know, violent. But like when I read that guy's email, you just get a feel from people sometimes when you read their email. And he just seemed like a nice guy. Sure. <laughs> like the guy who, deal, who dealt steroids uh, – and uh, probably tried to push him at the Shelley Luther rally. I can almost assure you that guy has not written an email where he came off like a nice, a nice, a nice guy ever. Yeah. Uh, but it's a tough, like you said, it's a tough thing to tease out. Like obviously, another thing too is just there's a reason why all these people appear to be around the same age and they're all white uh, and they're it's just disaffected. They're you know. It's almost like it used to be the lo- it's like all the lone wolves got together. Yeah, and I don't know, to some degree, uh well like the reason I'm drawing all these parallels is like, you know, having heavy critiques of the state and like generally feeling like uh things are not going the way that you want them to go, like, you know, th- th- these are people that are other si- the other side of the same coin as us, you know, certainly as of me. Uh, you know, like I and I, I do not, uh, it's, it's not like I think that they're right or like that I feel, uh, tempted by this in any way or anything, but I, I can like just any time that I look at people who are upset, you know, like there's the fact that their solutions are so wildly different from mine, um, to me doesn't like, uh, totally obscure the fact that like their, their problems are, you know, roughly similar, you know? Like, 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 like that we're all, we're all, we've all got these set of issues that we're facing and, uh, you know, that then we have wildly different ideas on how, how to address them. But like, you know, I, I, there, there's something to, you get, you got to at least like acknowledge like this, that this, that, that, that does broadly seem to be going on The like both sides are sort of suffering from the fact that, you know, people who are around our age, like have been dealt a pretty bad hand by and large. Yeah, and look, just now that I'm reading this article about the uh, the, the Santa Cruz uh, County deputy, mm-hmm. um, I'm certainly struck by the fact that after watching the Chappelle special, now none of the people that he was talking about in that documentary, I would say, or in that stand-up, if you want to call it that, are necessarily your side, but he mentioned police killings by former military members. Mm-hmm. And apparently this Stephen Carrillo guy was an Air Force sergeant. Mm-hmm. So again, yeah. it's that same thing of thinking, "Hey, I am fighting, <laughs> I am fighting terrorism or extremism by committing extrajudicial uh, murder of police." Um, that's 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 not that surprising to me. That, yeah, uh, get- th- but but this dude might have been one of the very few who did have tactical training, um, as I can assure you that the guys that were in uh, I don't know if it was Odessa or West Texas or wherever they showed up at that bar. And then when SWAT showed up, they looked very afraid. Mm-hmm. Did you, you've seen those videos, yeah? Uh, I don't think so. 
it was a month or a month and a half ago when bars were still supposed to be closed and they, they took their act out there and then, you know, SWAT showed up and they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> what are yeah. we going to do? Use these guns? Uh, no. Ooh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I guess the other thing that I'm, I'm just interested in, I, I don't know that we're going to answer this, but, uh, you know, if the entire organization, like the entire, you know, Boogaloo movement, and I really don't think that that got, like that, that your emailer is associating with other people who believe it's just about the Second Amendment, just because there are so many groups that are explicitly about the Second Amendment that like it's pretty easy. You know what I mean? Like, why would you create this other thing if you're, if all you want? Like, and like just Boogaloo is, you know, the, the, uh, evolution of the term is, is clearly enough, you know, civil war two electric boogaloo. Like <laughs> that's not cause you want to keep your guns. It's cause you think that a second civil war is coming. Like well, that's, that's not say, like, I just want to shoot skeet. What he would say is that this, and by the way, uh, possibly abhorrent views and acts, very creative name. I Their entire branding and, and everything. I, I've got a lot of respect for it. <laughs> Right. They're they're clearly playing. That's another thing. They're they're clearly playing off the same like internet culture that we participate in and like as best I can tell doing a fairly good job of it. His explanation for the second civil war thing is flipped from the way that you're looking at it. uh, Or probably anybody who's not in it would look at it and say the second the, the taking of the guns is the antecedent to the second civil war. Yeah, like so someone's that, going to inflict civil war upon him. But if right. that was their view, Not then why are they, they doing to things to try to welcome s- civil war? They, they like right. the, the, the there's people a, around a logical him. Fallacy here. Yeah, but I, but I guess the the, the, the question I want to ask, and the thing I want to get to, is just uh, you know, let's say that that this is a group that is made up of uh, people who, and I would say it it looks like it is uh, made made up of you know some people who are just uh, worried about the civil war and just want to be ready when it comes, or uh, people who uh, are fucking hyped for the civil war and want uh, want to see it get here as fast as possible. Like how how do you deal with uh, describing the group? You know, like like it, I mean, I think in general our our uh, impulse to dis- to ascribe beliefs to a group is like just kind of ill-founded. Like it's it's never true, you know. Like whenever you say like everyone in this group believes this thing, it's never true, you know. Like it, there's no large group of people that all hold one belief. Like that's that's just not how this fucking works. And we don't have like our brains just aren't really built to grasp it, you know. It, it, I have no idea if there's actual like a uh, scientific backing to this thought, but it is my intuition that uh, we were just kind of meant to live around, you know, at, at most communicate with like you know a thousand other people, and so. Now that we're now that we're aware of every and can communicate with like every single person in the world, um, you know, it's, it's just put us in a lot of binds that we just weren't built to deal with. But I guess one of those binds is, you know, what what do you how how would you describe the beliefs of the group? Like, what would be the ratio? You know, if if ninety percent of the people were like we just want to be law abiding citizens who are concerned that the laws are one day going to turn against us uh, and come to take our guns. And we just want to be ready whenever that comes, but we're not trying to start shit. And then, you know, you got 10% who are like, hell yeah, I'm starting shit. I'm going out and fucking shooting cops indiscriminately. Um, like, I don't know. I, I kind of, it's, it's my instinct when talking about this group to be like, well, if you got one cop shooter, then like, 
if y'all weren't cop shooters, you'd get the fuck out of the group. But again, if that like if a socialist went and shot a cop tomorrow and like claimed it was doing so he was doing so in the name of socialism, I don't know that I would just be like, well, I'm jumping ship. So, you know, I don't know. I, well, I mean, I think the difference is, is that uh, the way I would describe it is that and this is a very weird false equ- uh, equivalency to try to make, <laughs> but that that you're concerned it's, it's, the idea of like a fairer economic system is much more far ranging and applicable to way more people's lives and ostensibly the improvement of their lives. Sure. Whereas this is primarily protecting simply the interest of the in-group. I mean, they yeah. may try to tell you that by, you know, protecting 2A, you know, as vocally as they can, that they're actually doing that for, for you and I, uh, for you and me, for me and you, that uh, that don't care about that because we just don't know how important that amendment is. But that's a real stretch if you're to compare it to uh, believing in a uh, <laughs> in everybody having access to healthcare and uh, a higher social floor, right? Like, I think throwing the baby out the, with the bathwater over a uh, an idea is a lot different than throwing it out over something like this group. And I would imagine there will be some people that flock from it because of these 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 shootings, these two acts of terror i would imagine you know not not enough (laughs) but but i would bet a lot yeah i mean you know uh those people were still fine being in whenever guy was trying to bomb a fucking hospital in the name of the boogaloo movement so yeah that's true yeah i mean i I guess my overall takeaway uh not to be like um camp david here but it would be that uh one one group that i definitely know um, should be held to, uh, if it's 10% or 5%, um, that you might have the remaining majority held, at least public opinion-wise, responsible for your actions, is one that has, like, an actual fucking handbook on how to act and is, like, government employees. Um, you know, so if the Boogaloo Boys can't control all of their members, that's a thorny issue, if Black Lives Matter uh, protesters can't control all of their members and all the people that show up, that's a that's a thorny issue. If uh, people who advocate socialism can't really control their fringe elements, that's tough. What do we do with that? It is not all that tough for me to uh, to to delineate the difference between the police. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. if the if the police have a number of people who are acting like y- you actually uh, work for socialists top- don't go to like at a training academy right. where they <laughs> have a shared set of procedures right and where you'll get a pension if you make it through it without doing something crazy and just doing your job and or actually you- most of the time you just get that pension anyways yeah I guess that's true it's a good point you're uh, living proof uh, believe right that uh, cop cop or. Uh, Cops who shoot people, like I've seen articles that like they'll be like, yeah, uh, you know, you, you shot someone, you killed him, it was fucked up, but we will give you the pension. Yeah, I, I don't know. You see what I'm saying though, and that's yes, what's so definitely. ridiculous about um, the well, look at these protesters who are acting out. Well, yeah, it's a disorganized at best. Um, let's say it's an organized for a for a protest, which is still disorganized compared to an actual government agency that still has rogue actors. So yeah. <laughs> the dissonance there for me is quite loud. I, it, I don't, it has I don't been stunning that. though. I I feel like the uh protesters have uh 
like after the initial, you know, protest slash riot phase, they like it's hard to get, you know, thousands of people to do the same thing. That's what you're talking about. But like they've done a pretty goddamn good job. Like, it really seems like, for the most part, they heard the people being like, riots are counterproductive, and we're like, okay, then we'll just protest. I'm sure that there's counterexamples, whatever. Yeah, but- well, I, I would say that the proof uh, is is evident that there are not enough counterexamples for it to outweigh the rest of it, because, I mean, obviously there's one real huge glaring example of polling data being somewhat misleading, but... This shit is turning fast, dude. Like, I've never been more interested in keeping up with daily polls and the collection of 538. Uh, not like necessarily even commentary on the polls, but it's, dude, I've never seen anything like this um, literally in my life. Because yeah, even gay I marriage agree. and even gay marriage and, and, and pot laws took a long time and they were slow, slow, slow. And then there was an inflection point where it jumped. This is like the inflection point is happening before the, the burn. Like yeah, it's no. just happening right before our very eyes. And maybe I don't know how that ends up in the polls. I don't know how it ends up down ballot. I don't know how it ends up in statutes and laws that are passed. But this, <laughs> I think the fucking headline has to be this worked. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And um, I don't know. Like uh, I, I, I've sensed it in my life. Like I, I don't know that we get like just a ton of emails from our listeners. Anytime we say negative things about cops, they're like, Hey, what the fuck? How can you said bad things about cops? In fact, I can't really recall a one, but just, I, I guess based on the experience I of, can. <laughs> um, based on the experience of doing the mayoral campaign, I know there's a lot of people that, uh, will react to you saying like, like that, uh, all cops are bastards and the n-word are pretty much the same thing in terms of how much they would recoil at that sentiment um so i i, I maybe i've just always had a uh incorrectly skewed view based on that but i i think that in whenever i'm talking in public like this i am you know usually a, at least a little bit scared that if i say really what i like like my, my true like emotions in my heart whenever I see these, uh, you know, cops hitting protesters, um, that, that like, uh, that, 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 that those are too, too hot of takes that I, I should moderate myself a little bit. And I got an email. I think we mo maybe both did. I don't remember. Um, it was just someone being like, basically calling me out for, uh, having the qualifier of like, you know, I know that not every cop's going to hit a protester and you know, they, they, I, I agree with the guy's points of like, yeah, but the, what the, the guy that's just fucking standing there next to him, looking at someone hit a protester, that guy's just as bad. Like, you know, that, that anyone who's like, like that, that basically if you've seen how police acted and you're still part of, uh, the police force after these last, you know, three weeks or whatever, then, uh, you are who you are. And like, there's, there's no, you know, uh, real principled person left. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not, but like, it, it was just exciting to me that like the first time someone critiqued the way that I speak about police, that it was on the side of me being too lenient towards police. That to me indicated that we are working in an environment that I am not really ready for, (laughs) but I'm pretty fucking excited about. Yeah, and I, we can talk more about this on Thursday because I have a bunch of numbers that I want to present to you. But I guess the word that you use there that like kind of freaks me out a little bit is principled, uh, which I think will segue into this last thing I wanted to talk to you about. Yes, which is man, I get it, um, and I guess principled is you know when the rubber meets the road, what are you going to do? 
But to me, a lot of those, a lot of the police officers you see in these situations, they really, you can tell they don't really want to be a part of it. And I think about in my own life with a kid and, you know, mortgage and whatnot, like, and I think the kid is a huge game changer here. Sure. Um, in whether or not you would be willing to give up your pay right now, knowing you might not be able to get another job whenever you do have to feed someone. And it certainly help, would help if your wife had a pretty good job, but let's say you're a cop, you make a decent salary and your, your wife doesn't work and you're going to quit your job right now. I would certainly agree that would be a principled move, but I have a hard time, like, I guess I have a hard time, like, 100% saying that somebody who's standing on the sidelines right now anyways, that I, I don't know, I... I yeah, and this is a hard time position, to get a new job. I, I hear what oh, you're the, saying. The hardest of times. Like, yeah. I guess I kind of have a hard time putting myself in that situation and being too judgmental because I don't know that my own character is quite that strong. And, and possibly you could even spin it and say that's not a, a character failing as much as it is just that you decided to bring this thing in the, into the world. And at some point, your morals are and your character as long as they are acts of commission or acts of omission and not commission, they somewhat have to take a back seat to the fact that you decided for this thing to be born. Yeah, but I, I would just, I mean, you know, I, I, it's an easier argument for me to cite the events of the last three weeks because I think that that's something that's changed a lot of people's minds because it's been so clear. But I don't think it was fucking murky before. You know, it's not like the the bad cops showed up yesterday, dude. Like you're, if you're working there, you're around them. You know better than any of us do that these were the kinds of people that would gladly fucking hit a protester over the head for no reason. Uh, it, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, that's, but that's that's probably true. That's a good point. But what if you had a kid that was two and you decided to make a career change and now you're like two years in and you're like, holy fuck, I don't really want any part of this. But the kid's four now. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm yeah. sure there's people in tough spots, but I don't know. That that would that would just like like I would if if it's if this were me like uh, deciding on this like making an official ruling, I would say I hear your concerns and uh, I'll give them a a six month window to uh, to find a new job, and at that point, I'm calling all of them bastards. Okay, that's fair because the way that I wanted to frame this and my battery, if it goes, uh, you know, it goes. Um, because our, our, both of our daughters are at the age now where they're like really fucking cool and they yeah. show you a lot of emotion and they like run over and hug your leg and it's just, I know a lot, I would say even probably over half the people that listen to this podcast have kids. The, the Once they gain the ability to be proud of something that they did, it is just so fucking cool, man. That 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 yeah. has been the, ab- I, I would not be surprised that that experience does not get topped as far as just seeing the first time she's proud of herself for doing something fucking awesome. Okay, so that's a perfect way to to put it that just watching them be pr- that it can't be topped. At the same time, like I don't know about you, but um, and I've laid off the uh, the the pure Z's. It works great, but for me, melatonin gives me some nightmares. Oh yeah, um, and and I think just in general, I've heard a lot of people say this, and we talked about it some on Saturday nights. Like since lockdown started, and just since I don't know, I just guess I am remembering more dreams and. Hmm. Or even just like if I'm staring at her, sometimes I'll have these like really yo-yoing thoughts where, oh, I'll tell you, here's another thing um, that, that kind of got me thinking about this too, in addition to the cop thing, is, um, and this is a real bummer, so prepare yourself for it. Um, 
Kristen told me about uh, a couple we know. I'm not like super close to them, but I'm fairly close. And they have two kids, and they were due for a third next week, and they lost it mm-hmm. um, in the last week. So they still have to deliver the baby. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I just started, you know, they get you thinking about like, man, I got friends who, uh, their wife's pregnant right now. We want to have a second. And I guess this is not breaking news to anybody who has a kid. I know. So please don't act like I'm preaching to you. It's just it, when it hits me, I wanted to tell you all that I now know what you know, which is the way that I would describe this experience or this thing is like severely widening the spectrum of emotions possible in the human experience. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and I think, or I have nightmares sometimes about like horrible shit happening. And obviously you hope that only stays fictitious, but it's like not having a kid. I think I could have been a relatively happy person. You know, you're fulfilled by your work. You still have the rest of your family, but it's almost like hard for me Whenever I have that like, boy, this is not going to be topped positive moment of like, you know, the kids hugging your leg, they run over, they see you, they're just like, they want to be all over you to be like, fuck, man, like, I don't know that I could handle the flip side of this emotion. And it's like, uh, you know, we're standing inside the fire, <laughs> as so, Garth would say. Like, I, yeah. it's, it's a weird thing for me because I almost can't think about one without the other. And it doesn't mean I can't enjoy the positive part. It's just that when I'm laying there at night, sometimes I'm like, man, holy fucking shit. Like as good as I just felt about that, there's the bad part would be that times infinity. And it's just, it's really trippy to realize how far you have broadened what your heart can process. So I, uh, I, I think about this constantly. Uh, like I would say, you know, uh, if not every day, every two days, um, this, this general topic, but I, I would say that I, I, I don't know. I, I come down on the exact opposite side. I think of like, if, if you had the experience, like what you're talking about with, uh, you, the, the couple, you know, that the particulars of that, uh, are just, you know, I mean, whatever, no, I'm not breaking news here, but that's just fucking devastating. You know, th- I that, mean, it's, it's, that is it's the worst case scenario in a way where I felt it in my chest when she told me, yeah, like sure. I literally physically felt it in my chest. Yeah. Um, and that one would, uh, the, the reason I would say that that is the worst and you know, whatever, it's not much of a conversation to uh, rank, you know, <laughs> that's the worst way to have a kid die. But, uh, I think that there's a big line of demarcation between, you know, like meeting them and not meeting them. And like, you know, if, if it's just like all potential and wishing and you don't get like any part of the payoff, then like, uh, I, I would say that I do not want to experience that. I would much rather my wife not get pregnant than get pregnant and lose a pregnancy in the middle of it. But I could, I was of the opinion, you know, five minutes in that whatever anguish I would have by losing this, that it was far fucking outweighed by how fucking great it is. Like, like just that, that these, and I mean, I I realize these, you know, everyone feels differently about this stuff. And the question of, uh, is it better loved and lost than uh, not loved at all is uh, one that has been debated through the ages. But it, it was answered for me in a way that was like, it feels very fucking final to me. If, if we lost Izzy tomorrow, I would not have any, like I, my only, or not my only, you know I mean? Like I'm, I'm sure of course it'd be devastating. Of course. But like, I would be incredibly grateful 
for the time that we've spent with her. And I would, and I, I could not imagine that there'd be a pain great enough to convince me to feel otherwise than that. Like just the, the amount she has improved my day to day life, like over the days that we have been around her is like just so fucking great that like, uh, you know, I, I would not, there, there'd be no circumstance where I would give up the experience that we've had so far. Absolutely none. Yeah, and obviously these are crazy, like, hypotheticals, but I guess what you're saying is, like, how you would try to cope with it afterward, and you would just think about how it was, and, and I'm not saying I wouldn't do that, it's just, you know, uh, you talk to people who don't have kids, and, and we filled in over Christmas, uh, Seabass, uh, and I filled in over Christmas with, uh, with Peter Welpton, and he, you know, we joke about it, and I know, like, Maybe even Liz Liz Brunin calls them the anti-breeders. Like on Twitter, the people that will tell you like, boy, you know, it's just, I don't even know why you would want to do that. And I always thought that the argument for that was uh, that you were like, you know, kind of that you didn't want to deal with it, right? Like that it just sucks not being able to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. And I'm, I'm sure there's different people you know, like again, trying to assign one way of thinking to a large group, uh, tricky, you know, like I, I don't, I don't want to like, like I, I have a friend who, you know, has like said like, uh, you know, I just look at like the, you know, the people in my family and like, they tend to struggle, you know, have, uh, you know, like a tough time. And like, so chances are that, that my kid would come out about as ill-equipped as the people around me that I'm looking at all the time. And I don't wish that on people. And, that seems entirely reasonable to me. I, I don't really, you know, think that they should feel differently, you know? Um, like it's, That's definitely reasonable. But yeah. would you agree that the, and again, this is dangerous, but like even in talking to Peter about it, and he may be just being like it's in a joking sense. It's kind of like, yeah. Uh, or like who is, uh, like it's Javier, right? No children. Want to get up and go? Get up and go. Don't going to ask nobody's permission for nothing. Sure. Right? Like that's typically... What is assigned to that? And I think whenever I was like 23 or something, it was like, no, nah, man, I'm never having kids. That's what it was about. But to me, I'm like realizing that it's probably more and maybe it's not as articulated as much because it's not as funny that it's closer along to the lines of what your friend said, but to a different level of just, man, it's hard for some people to enjoy positives without immediately thinking about negatives. And in the moment, I don't have a problem with that. But you can only have so many nightmares where something terrible has happened before you're like, this is directly related to how much I love being around this kid. Like, you think a lot of deadbeat dads or moms have a whole bunch of like, nightmares or no yeah (laughs) their mental anguish takes them to places where they're like oh man it would be you know what i mean like if you don't if you don't know how great it is then i don't know that you spend any time thinking about how bad it could be like i i would bet i don't know if that even makes sense i just know that uh over the last month or two months when she's really like leaning into a personality it's like obviously as most of you who all of you who have kids know it's the greatest thing ever yeah. And I have found it to almost be directly related to how much I worry. <laughs> like, uh, See, I'm certain I, of that. that. That's just definitely not how that, that, that's not how I process it. You know, like I, I, I feel like I do a good job of just being like, 
it, it, whatever. I'm not, I'm not trying to brag about this. It's not like I've made some accomplishment. Um, I just have a different brain chemistry. And whenever I receive the same inputs as you do, I, I process them differently and you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, but I, I have been very, I feel very blessed that it is my natural inclination. I have learned over the last year that whenever stuff like that happens, that I'm pretty much able to just be like, this is such a gift and even if the gift gets taken away but tomorrow like i'm just so fucking excited for today that like i don't care like it's it's not like i don't care, you know like you know i don't want it to happen but like right. if it did i would like I, I would happily spend uh the rest of my life absolutely fucking depressed and miserable over the loss of a child um in exchange for this year or you know again in exchange for like one day with the kid like i that that's a good i'll take that deal that that's fine you know like it, it it's that good to me so you know that like i i'm able to just kind of like think about how much i like like just i feel secure in that you know like i i I, whenever I, because I definitely do have the impulse to think about, like, boy, she could fucking get hit by a bus tomorrow, or you could, you know, find out that she's got some incurable disease that's going to give her a week or whatever. You know, I mean, like, I, I think about it all the time. And just my immediate reaction to that always is, like, just to be like, and, you know, then I would have had the best year I've ever had in my entire fucking life. And that's really cool. And I'm glad I got to do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that by, I, I, I may be articulating it differently. Uh, and obviously we are definitely, uh, different <laughs> in our approach to, to processing emotional information, but yeah, I just, I just noticed that I worry way more, the better it's gotten. Um, and I wanted to tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That's pretty no, much that's, all I got. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I didn't like the, the it's not fact like I was saying before off, oh, who cares? Like it's, yeah. you know, if, if she goes, she goes, I mean, I would have been, or if something bad happens, something bad happens. It's more just like that, man, I, I, I don't, once you realize that you're experiencing something that is the best thing that you've ever experienced and you know that that's the truth and you know that that's the case and you're not just being hyperbolic, uh, it's that, that it is, I think inextricably tied to being like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm boy, boy, this would be a tough one. Uh, and that's not a revelatory thought. It's just that it's really broken out over the past couple months. I mean, even her, like, you know, fucking clowning on me. Like I'll joke about it whenever I'm in my cups with you guys on Saturday night, but I like the fact that she like wants to push shit. You know, I like the fact that she's like, you know, developing her own like F you attitude. Sure. It's great. It's the spirit of Raphael. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I was telling Dan that my, uh, my goal is for uh, my kids to one day roast me as hard as his kids roast him. Oh, without a doubt. That's without a doubt. Well, just let her watch Saturday night and be like, watch these other four guys. <laughs> Focus on this guy in the middle here. Y'all don't and, touch uh, me. <laughs> All right, homie. I'll talk to you Thursday. Yeah, good talking to you, man. See you. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.